Hello and welcome to a Bergkamp Wonderland, an Arsenal podcast. It's been a while since I've said that. There's so many different podcasts out there and I forget I'm part of three. So uh, glad I got that right. My name is Chris. I'm your host for today's little special. And uh, this is, I think it's our third special of the summer. So hopefully you enjoy. I've got a guest with me today by the name of Matt Spiro. Hi, Matt. How are you doing? Hi, Chris. Um, I'm good. Thank you. How are you? Good, good. Yes, not bad. Thank you. Not bad. Um, in case anyone's living under a rock, Matt, um, please let our listeners know who you are. Um, and, of, and of course, the fact that so many people don't realise you're an Arsenal fan. How how bad is that? Terrible. Yeah, anyway. I, know, I know. I mean, I would have thought people who follow me on Twitter probably, you know, probably get that. But I, I kind of try to keep the journalistic integrity um, <laughs> and not kind of tweet, come on the Arsenal or, or too many insulting <laughs> Spurs tweets and stuff. So, um, so yeah, I'm an Arsenal fan from North London. I moved over to France uh, in 2002 when I was already what 24, um, and so I've been here for a long time. Stayed here, and I've been working on French football for for the last 18 years. And I'm working for B in Sports and the French League, um, helping producing the content that we. Um, provide for all the broadcasters around the world that that, that show league on, so the league on show and the, the highlights in particular, and we commentate the matches. So yeah, lots of league on, and I've recently brought out a book which came out in in May, which is about French football and in particular the journey French football has been on in the last twenty twenty five years, from the the first World Cup win for Les Bleus in nineteen ninety eight to the most recent one twenty years later. It's called Sacré Bleu. From Zidane to Mbappe, a football journey, and um, I, I'd recommend it, Chris, to to, to your listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, they should, and we will. Um, Danny will do his thing and tweet out some links where people can pick that up from uh, f- directly from the publishers is always the best way so we will tweet that link out for you as well and um, as indeed yeah. Matt says give it a read um, right so um, first thing to say is obviously the link between Arsenal and French football is, is quite strong but um, quite a lot going on at the moment in terms of transfer business rumour and the like in the Arsenal community um, we are going to touch on a couple of bits and bobs about what's going on at the moment in a second but the main purpose of this show is uh, as you may have seen for the title, Salou Saliba. So we wanted to have a chat to you, Matt, about a second time. In fact, I've had a chat to you about William Saliba. Um, a lot of our fans will have been frantically flicking through YouTube for about six months now since the deal was announced. But I wanted to get kind of a rather than a statistical and a, a deep kind of um, a facts and figures check. I wanted to get just your opinion, having watched the player sort of um, in the flesh or in, you know, on direct highlights. What can we kind of expect from him? And um, what sort of player are we likely to get? And um, and what excites you about the signing? Yeah, I mean, you know, I have seen him play a lot, considering that he hasn't played a huge amount in his career. I mean, he's a, he's, he's a very young boy, but I remember him um, coming onto the scene at Saint Etienne at seventeen, and uh, comparisons have been made with with Rafael Varane. And I, I wouldn't be lying if I if if if, if I said to you. Because, like I said, I've been in France a long time and I commentated Rafael Varane when he came through at Lens at, at 17. And I remember thinking I hadn't seen a centre-back with that sort of presence and that sort of quality. Somebody who, at the age of 17, just looked totally at home already. It's, it's, it's really unusual. And immediately I thought, this this guy looks special because you think, given his age, um, he he clearly is going to to develop. So... 
I'd say, you know, yeah, of course I've I've been impressed with his with his overall defending, you know, his size, his 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 power, the way that he um carries himself on 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 a football pitch, but I think the way, the, the thing that stands out most is I don't know if leadership is the word, but you can see the guy has got something has got something that other young players don't have. Um he 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 doesn't just try to do his job. He tries to um, he tries to sort of motivate the players around him. He's despite you know being so young, he's a defender who is very happy to step forward into the midfield. And uh, um, when his team you know needs a, a bit of impetus, and uh, we talked about this before, and I don't want to overhype the poor the poor kid before he's played a game for Arsenal, but. We know that it's what Tony Adams sort of used to do, these sort of surging runs that, that, that got Highbury going crazy. Um, and, you know, I think we can expect that from from William Saliba, perhaps not straight away, but, you know, he is a guy who is who is good with the ball um, at his feet and likes to take responsibility um, with the ball. And, uh, um, you know, one of the, the, the strongest memories was, was it his last game? No, perhaps not his last game. One of his last games for Saint-Étienne in the Cup semi-final um, against Wren, where he made that mistake early on, he conceded a penalty, um, but ended up winning the Man of the Match award, and that that says a lot about his personality and his character. I think because he obviously felt, well, it's not a good start for Saint Etienne, and I owe them one, and he just grew into the game, and his presence just got bigger and bigger, and it was one-one, and in the last minute, it was his kind of surge forward and pass to the edge of the box that that resulted in in the goal that won it through Budapest. So. Yeah, I think, you know, as much as his athletic qualities and his qualities as a footballer, I think it's it's that sort of um, leadership and that strength of character that he has inside him, which suggests to me that, you know, this could be more than just a good defensive signing. This could be, you know, a potential um, bedrock and, and, and future leader for, for Arsenal Football Club. Yeah, much in the same way that we kind of needed a leader when Laurent Koscielny came in, he sort of grew into that into that role before he um, obviously moved moved out of the club and back to Bordeaux in the in the end, which I'm still to this day a little bit sour about. But hey ho. Um, in terms of the this sort of a lot of people look at, at Liga and and will know that it is quite a physical league. It's quite it's quite an intimidating league to come into, um, which isn't always highlighted. I think a lot of people use that as a stick to beat it with, but. I'm one of those people that thinks that could be a benefit in terms of Saliba coming into the league. Do you feel that his sort of modern take on on his style of football will fit the the, the kind of the fast-paced nature of the Premier League? Do you feel like that will be a, a sort of a help or a hindrance based upon the fact that he's had to deal with a lot of physical games in, in league? Yeah. yeah, I think we over overblow it. I think we talk so much about, you know, can he fit in in, in the Premier League? I mean, ultimately, people who are good at football will be good in the Premier League, like they'll be good in, in, in Ligue 1. But of course, there are differences. Um, but I was thinking, yeah, I, I mean, it, it's you, you say, you know, not Ligue 1 gets a bit of a raw deal. People don't talk about it. The last few days has been fascinating because of what PSG and Lyon have done. And so many people, not just eating humble pie, but actually taking a step back and thinking, well, hang on, maybe this league isn't what we thought it was. And, you know, listening to people like Chris Sutton, who usually... You know, as an Arsenal fan, not particularly like, but listening to him on Five Live the other night and just thinking, you know, these guys are, are, are actually taking Ligue 1 seriously in this, and they're saying, well, this Leon team, what we saw against City, they are a physical side. 
and they they upset City through their physicality. And that's something that English people, you know, I'm not saying Leon have changed everything, but when I tell them that Ligue 1 is physical, they're always like, well, yeah, okay. Um, I always remember this this interview once we did with Eden Hazard when he came to be in sports in France and um, he was comparing the leagues and he said, he said Ligue 1 is more physical than the Premier League. And he talked about, you know, the, the centre-backs in Ligue 1 who, who, who used to kick him. You're right about, of course, the pace. And I think, you know, the, the Premier League is relentless. That That's the thing. You don't get the respite that you get in Ligue 1, in, in which, you know, leagues, Serie A, whatever, that are a bit more tactical. And that is what Saliba will have to get used to. And, um, you know, it took Lacazette time, you know, obviously talking about striker rather than a defender, but Lacazette really had to, you know, took some time to kind of adapt to the um, to to the English game. Um, so, yeah, I mean, from a physical point of view, I think that is going to help him. It's more, yeah, the intensity and, and, and the fact that you just don't get a second to, to switch off or have a little breather. And um, that's what he's going to have to sort of adapt to. But, you know, he's young enough and I think he's clever. He's, he's a clever person and I think he's a person who wants to learn. And I think, you know, Arteta, touch wood, is, is you know, somebody... Well, you know, I think an, an excellent coach and also an excellent man manager who will communicate a lot with Saliba. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well said. And he's, he's come into the club. He's he's, in, he's taken the, the number four shirt, which, of course, is probably most recently made famous by Patrick Vieira in terms of uh, players that people immediately think of when they think of that number. Not for a minute suggesting that he will um, live up to those uh, those lofty heights. Let's hope he does. But in terms of that, that shirt number sort of suggests that he's he's going to be obviously first team and potentially um, first 11 if all goes according to plan. What's his personality like based upon what you sort of heard, read and watched in, in terms of off the pitch? Is he sort of a quite a, uh, is he a guy that's going to integrate quite easily to the dressing room and, and be sort of comfortable within that environment? I think so. I think so. I think he's... Um... Yeah, he's not a sort of brash extrovert, but at the same time, you know, he he very quickly sort of integrated into the into the Saint Etienne first team squad, and uh, he learned a lot, obviously, from Loic Perrin, who was the, the 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 club captain and played alongside him at, at centre back at Saint Etienne. And um, Loic Perrin says, yeah, he he was always very humble and always very sort of ready to listen to advice. And uh, I think he got a lot from Perrin and from Jean-Louis Gasset, who was Saint-Étienne's coach, who did did an awful lot more, more than Claude Puel, who came in afterwards. I think the whole like, launching of Saliba as a professional was was Gasset. So, um, you know, I think he's, yeah, for, by all accounts, a very stable, likeable young fellow who's... Um, who's got a big appetite to, to, to be a big footballing star. I think, you know, a little bit like Kylian Mbappe also from, from Bondi, you know, he's seeing, he's seeing things big. He's seeing, uh, I'm not saying he's seeing Arsenal as a stepping stone to, to, to Real Madrid or Barcelona or, or what have you, because obviously in a few years, it'll be Arsenal winning the Champions League and stuff. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, but he sees himself playing for France. He sees himself um, winning trophies big trophies and uh um yeah yeah so uh, you know by all accounts I, you know, he's not he's not somebody who's going to create waves i think if he if he has to play in the reserves or you know play a bit of a peripheral role for a, for a few months while he while he beds in i don't think that i don't think that's going to be a problem at all i mean we've got a lot of center back to arsenal at the moment he's got to learn the language he's got to get used to a new league um so i think he'll be patient i think he's here for 
for the long term certainly for you know he will see that certainly for a good few years yeah 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 sort of uh main, main reason for asking that question obviously a lot of people have, have sort of seen the, the gunduzi situation and i yeah. suppose there's always that worry when a youngster comes across that comes across the pond but by all accounts everything i've seen and, and heard it seems that he's integrated well and uh he's already sort of with the club he got a lovely new haircut yesterday i noticed on twitter which i think you can sort of tell just by watching some of the footage like where you know when Santetien won the cup semi-final and he he looks like you know he's a big part of the team you know usually a young player he'll be kind of in the background but he's there with the with the older guys leading the celebrations and um when when they won the youth cup when Santetien won won the youth cup he he started the season with the youth team um and then moved into the first team and after the game the youth team went out to to celebrate the trophy to parade the trophy in front of the fans and uh, and Saliba got the whole first team he said come on you come out and then he went and joined the youngsters and he was leading the celebrations he had the the loudspeaker and he so yeah I he looks like what I say I don't think he's an extrovert I feel like you know as a as a footballer he um you know sees himself as somebody who can who can take on that sort of leadership role and that and can you know is is a big presence and, and a big player even though I think off the pitch he's he's a fairly sort of you know relaxed, softly spoken chap. Yeah, assuming um, a certain captain signs a new deal, I have a feeling they'll get on quite well um, behind the scenes. I, I would imagine their paths would have very briefly crossed when he was at Saletian. Although I would imagine by Manalba would have been what mid twenties. Yeah. I guess Saliba would have been in nappies at that point. But um, yeah, he would have been. He would have. He would have been pretty young. But he's probably more likely to get on well with him than than, than with Lacazette, who. Who has been teasing? Uh, yeah, <laughs> already saying, "Yeah, we win trophies here, unlike at Saint Etienne, because yeah. of the Leon Saint Etienne thing." So, I'm sure Lacazette will uh, will sort of make a, a private apology to William. Um, at some yeah, point. <laughs> if, if indeed he's still here, of course. Which, he's still here, yeah. Uh, less, less the better. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and um, just sort of um, sort of drawing a line under Saliba in terms of. The, from the French perspective, you say sort of being in in France and and, and working in France closely, um, I'm always fascinated to know what what the opinion is of the French press and the French media when a player leaves France to go to England because there are so many. Uh, mm. Is is he sort of you mentioned the comparisons to to Rafa Varane, and I know the French are very protective over over their ex, exports. You know, when players go abroad, a lot of Ligue 1 fans will keep track of players and and see how their development goes. Is there is there as much excitement in France as there is over here in terms of Arsenal fans with his arrival in England and, and sort of a keenness to see how he progresses? I'd, I'd say probably not is the honest answer, and I think that's largely because he had a, an injury plagued uh, last season at, at Saint Etienne, so we didn't see nearly as much of him as as we would have liked. Um, and you've got Upper Meccano, you've got you know different centre backs who are kind of making the headlines at the moment. So he's, you know, his profile has gone a little bit lower, which I don't think is a bad thing. I think that will sort of help him to kind of like be out of the limelight and and, and get settled at, at Arsenal. I think Arsenal did well, actually. We don't often say this in, in recent years about Arsenal's transfer dealings, but they got in there pretty quickly. I know Tottenham were were onto Saliba as well, but, I, you know, I, I think he's a sort of player, you know, certainly if his development continues as it is, you know, very... You know, in the in the very near future, we'd have been talking 50, 60 million. And Arsenal got him at a time where Saint Etienne, you know, couldn't turn down that sort of money. And that's another thing. You know, if Saliba was at 
Leon PSG Marseille. I think we would have talked a lot more about that. There's a very good young centre back who's now moved into midfield, Boubacar Camera at, at Marseille. And um, you know, he'd be an excellent signing, I think, for any Premier League team. But because it's Marseille, there's a much bigger pull. And that, you know, clubs like that was, would expect to keep their young players at least you know, two or three years. Whereas Saint Etienne, you know, Saliba came burst onto the scene. And, you know, Arsenal, to their credit, were were, were quickly onto him. And hopefully that will be very good business. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Because there's, there's also talk for a while, wasn't there, about Real Madrid trying to scupper the deal before he arrived and whatnot. So he's obviously well thought of. So, and like you, I much prefer my, my signings to be slightly under the radar, give him a chance to settle in and, and see how he how he progresses. I'm sure the uh, the fanfare will soon kick off once he's played a few games. So we can but hope with that. Um, I mentioned at the start of the show as well, there is quite a theme developing this summer in terms of, of Arsenal there's been a lot of change behind the scenes in terms of the scouting department and the players that, that we're potentially looking at. Uh, a couple of names are coming up on a repeated nature. Um, the first of those being Gabriel Magalhaes, which is a, a centre-half from Lille, 22 years old, left-footed. A um, lot, of, lot of sort of um, whispers, rumours, uh, sort of this talk of a three-way battle between him, Everton and Napoli. Uh, we're recording this on Thursday, the 20th of August, and the talk, uh, particularly Le Keep in the last 24 hours, have sort of said that Arsenal is his, his preferred destination. Um, he's been doing a fabulous job throughout his family of teasing it on Instagram for the last several days, I've noticed. But um, in terms of the player, should he turn up at Arsenal? Do you, do you sort of see that as, as Arsenal looking at maybe a back three and having him and, and Saliba to join someone like a David Luiz? Is that the sort of, sort of thing you could see happening? I think it's looking like that. I mean, just in terms of the numbers of centre-backs, you know, we don't know how many the club are going to be able to offload. They obviously want to offload a few. Um, but we've got a lot, you know, a lot of centre-backs. And it's, it's you know, this isn't just noise now, the Gabriel stuff. It's, you know, very clear that Arsenal are, are serious and are trying, trying to convince him to join them. And, uh, you know, RMC seem to suggest that Napoli have an outside chance. Everton are out of it. But also, they seem to be suggesting that Arsenal are in, are in pole position. So, it's um, yeah, it's 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 an interesting one. It's one that I I find quite hard to make a sort of prediction or a, or a judgment over because he has he's had one impressive season in France. Um, he played in the Champions League with Lille. It was a, it was a hard campaign for Lille. It was a little bit of a, a step too far for for that team. Um, but yeah, he's you know he's solid. He's a big boy. Um, he, he, he's been relatively sort of, you know, mistake free, good in the air, um, left footed. We know that Arsenal were a little bit short on left footed centre backs. I, I would sort of wonder a little bit about Pablo Murray and, you know, why are we getting Gabriel if the club has faith in Pablo Murray, which may not be a good thing. You know, I, I, I don't know. I'm a little bit worried. We really short on pace does look like a good footballer but you know I guess it's a it's a squad game and maybe we need Pablo Marie and and Gabriel you know if 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 Socrates is going if perhaps Mustafi is going I don't know um so so yeah I you know I'd like to think he'd be a good signing it's another one that we're getting for the sort of 30 million euro mark which is kind of the Arsenal range I think at the moment he's a good age um mm. So yeah, but yeah, I mean, what you're saying, I, I think, I think it's quite right. And if we had David Luiz, Gabriel, and, and Saliba as a back three, we'd certainly be much stronger in the air. Mm. Um, 
But, but at the same time, Gabriel and Saliba are both good pass, both good footballers. So if you had those three centre-backs, I think Arsenal would be pretty comfortable as well, um, you know, playing playing from the back. Yeah, yeah, that's what I like about it. It's quite a mobile centre-half mm. sort of basis in terms of on the deck and, and moving forwards through into midfield, which something... What do you think? I'm interested, Chris. What do you think? Sorry, I'm turning to the interviewer, but <laughs> Gabriel, because I know you were quite excited about that a few weeks ago. Do you think... You think he'll he'll be the real deal? Yeah, I, I do. Like you, when I first heard of, heard of it, I I immediately dismissed it and thought, well, why? You know, we, we, we've we've got Saliba, and I thought that was the centre half business done. I'll be honest. I I just thought with with as you said, Marie coming in, um, Mustafi being injured would suggest that he would be very hard to move on, even if we wanted to, because you know he's not going to be fit until uh, by the sounds of it, October. Um, uh, Pablo Marie is, is, of course, injured as well. I, I looked at it and thought, holding in Chambers, you'd probably expect one of the two to go, if not on loan permanently, unless they're going to use Chambers in midfield. Socrates to Napoli, I think, has got quite a lot of legs. And I do wonder if that might end up being, uh, in, in a way, us kind of throwing out our old our old and bringing in our new, whereas Napoli end up with with him and, and Napoli don't get Gabriel, which, which would be quite ironic. But that, that does sound like a move that would, would, would work for Napoli. They've already got Constas Manolas, so there'd be a full Greek centre-back partnership at Napoli, and I think they're trying to move on Koulibaly, so that one makes a lot of sense to me. That but it just... got more, it's got more legs than uh, than Socrates, perhaps. That, that yeah, thing. quite quite possibly. Um, but um, yeah, it, it is a weird one. And then, but then I suppose when you look at it, David Luiz is the wrong side of thirty. Realistically, has got one, maybe two more years in him. Um, and maybe Arteta's looking at it and thinking, I'll start the season with, with David Luiz, and then by the end of the season, maybe we've moved away from him, potentially. That mm. may be the way. And I, th- I think Luiz, for all his criticism that he takes, I think I think he's a realistic footballer. Um, he was he was pretty good at, at PSG, I seem to remember, in terms of, of how he integrated with the dressing room there, and he seemed to bring a yeah, lot yeah. of people together there. And I think that's why we've kept him on as well as his, his footballing ability. So I, he, I kind of, he, he's he's a really cool guy, actually. That's what yeah. you know. I hated him because he was Chelsea, and then I, I, I <laughs> crossed paths once or twice, you know, post matches, and I, you know, we always try and get interviews in English, and we're like, oh, David, a quick word, and he, yeah, he's, he's a really nice guy. I remember there was one game he could hardly walk; he had an injury, and he and he stopped, and he and he had a good chat, and he's yeah, he's. Um, he's not everybody's cup of tea, but I do think he's a he's a top man. Not like you know, I don't know him extremely yeah. well but he's yeah it's, it's unusual to get footballers who are just really kind of normal and just open yeah. and being and happy to chat and he's like and, so he's probably he's probably a very influence in the dressing yeah and, and the fact he's brazilian as well will, will potentially help gabriel i mean i know it's a bit of a cliche but when you've got somebody who is your own nationality particularly in your own in your own center back position that's got to help um in terms of your transitions i mean i i i do yeah i do think it's so i initially dismissed it but looking at it now i think it, it does make a lot of sense and um it would just be really interesting to see who who moves on because you, you can't keep them all happy saliba's not as you said i think he'll i actually think saliba will take a while before he is first team i think we'll integrate him for the first few weeks of the season um but he will obviously have come to Arsenal to to want to play Louise will want to play it. You know, Mustafi has, has done enough to suggest that he will be in Arteta's thoughts, if nothing else. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's it's a deal that that makes a lot of sense. Um, there is a there is one other deal that I do want to just get your opinion on. Which, when I say deal, that's uh, that's the furthest from from the uh, the facts right now. But you mentioned the the rise of French football in the past week, and and uh, Olympic Lyonnais, one of their star men, Hussein Moir, 
had a, a really good game against Manchester City, I thought, and um, and over the the game with Bayern Munich, although it was a game that ultimately Leon suffered in for long periods, I still thought his drive and his sort of ability on the ball and and, it, and his consistency in terms of trying to move the ball forward and make something happen. He's been a player that's been linked with like some Manchester City and Juventus, but all of a sudden the last couple of days from Leon immediately saying, no, we're not interested. It's now kind of come out a little bit that maybe Jean-Michel Olas is testing the water a bit and saying, well, we haven't actually said anything yet. And there's talk of a, of a Ganduzi plus cash yeah. offer coming in. Is it just a little bit of, of paper talk or do you think he, Awar is the sort of player that Arteta could fit into that midfield? No, no, I think Arsenal are interested, which is uh, which, which is great news, and it's it's great news. Certainly, what Lequeep uh, have reported today that Arsenal are the only side who have made a bid and are in contact with uh, with Janino, the sporting director. Um, Juventus and City are interested. I, you know, when people were asking me after the after the Man City game, so what do you think, Arsenal? And I just I just said, look, I'm sorry, but I'd love I'd love to, but if if Awar's leaving, and he probably is leaving. It'll be Barcelona, Man City, Juventus. I mean, you know, I, I I don't think we have the you know ability to 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 sign such a top quality young player. But but if you know if I, I you know I, I think Leon is selling. I think Leon is selling, and um, which is you know which is sad for Leon and football. But um, you know if Arsenal move move quickly if if Arsenal've got the cash because that's the other thing you know people are there's talk of 60 million euros uh, having start having sort of a few weeks ago people talked about 40 million euros it's now because he had a couple of good games in the Champions League his 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 price has gone up 20 million um i i think it'd be a fantastic an absolutely fantastic signing i think it's been strange the last few days because again i talked about chris sutton but you know people like chris sutton talk suddenly talking about leon and uh, and and Paris Saint Germain and everybody sort of um, sort of gushing about you know over 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 and he was exceptional against City. I, I thought um, against Bayern, I thought one of the main problems in the first half was 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 that Usamawa Awar really struggled actually and uh, was miscontrolling quite a lot. His passes weren't quite coming off. In the second half, he he really kind of it was more like the real Usamawa. We saw that drive, like you said. We saw um, his link up play, his pace. Um, but but yeah, and then today everyone's going crazy about Osamawa, and actually, you know, he got six out of ten in, in Lekeep. We know Lekeep are quite harsh, but yeah, he didn't have a great game by his standards against Bayern Munich. And you and I have been watching Usamawa for probably four four years, five years already. Um, already two years ago, he absolutely ran the game against Manchester City in the uh, in the group stage at the Etihad. Um, and Guardiola apparently fell in love with him then and thought. I, I want to get you. So, you know, we've known about this guy for a long time. I've been a bit frustrated because I felt like this season he he hasn't really progressed. You know, I thought by this stage he'd be already kind of top, top, top level. Um yeah. the sort of level that he's shown in the last in the last week, certainly against Man City. So look, it would be be fantastic if Arsenal, given our lack of creativity, um, could get a player like that at the age of twenty-two. Um, but yeah, I I have doubts. One, because um, I think Awar would be hard to convince um, mm. to go and play in the Europa League at Arsenal. Um, and two, regarding Gendouzi, I, I'm not sure Leon wants him and I'm not sure he would want to go to Leon. I'd, I just feel for him going back to Ligue 1 might mm. be 
you know, I, I'd see him more Spain or or even Germany, but probably more likely Spain, um, just because I'm not sure he wants to go back as a as a failure. He's not been a failure, but you know what I mean. Yeah, it's so, a great point. It's an ego thing, isn't it? It's it's kind of a in in his mind, he's clearly a very confident young man, um, rightly and wrongly in some respects, but he clearly thinks a lot of himself. And like you said, I think in his mind, he would think. I can't go back to French football. It's below me now. No, players, league on players who have left um, for a bigger league don't like coming back unless <laughs> the end of their career or unless PSG are offering them 200k a week. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. And and just um, just one other quick thing on, on our What's his best position, do you think? Because I, I go back and forth on this one. I, I love him as a cam, as a sort of a creative... Um, number 10 is, is a bit old-fashioned to say now because they don't really exist, but a kind of a link man between the forwards and, and the midfield. But he, he can play deep as well, can't he? He's, you know, he's, he's a tenacious player. He's, he's decent in the tackle yeah. from, from the, the experience I've had of him. Where would you see him fitting in, particularly if Danny Ceballos comes back? There isn't really a lot of space in that central midfield area unless it's more offensively. Is that where you think he would be looked yeah. to play? Well, he can play sort of six or eight. I think he's more of an eight than a six. Interestingly, it was... a. Uh, I think two seasons ago when Genesio hit on this kind of system where Auer was playing wide left, I think in a midfield four, sort of cutting in um, from from the left-hand side. And he did really well. He didn't like it. He kept saying, I want to be playing in the middle, but I'll do this because the coach has asked me. Um, and he was effective in that in that position. I think his best position is, is the position he's been playing in mainly um, in these Champions League games as part of a midfield three. Um, he's been playing to the left of uh, Bruno Guimaraes and... That I think I think that suits him because he can provide the link. He can sort of burst forward and provide the link, but he also has the the sort of speed and stamina to to get back and and do his do his work um, defensively. And actually, I think against um, Bayern, the tactic Garcia tweaked things a little bit. I think he was worried quite rightly about Alfonso Davis, and he played Toko Ikambi much more as a sort of right winger than as a second forward. So instead of playing Five three two, um, it was more like five four one, and so he had Toko Ikambi on the right, and Awa played much more on the left, mm-hmm. um, and and I think he he was a bit unsettled by that. I think he struggled a little bit to get in the game in the first half because of that because of that change. So so yeah, to answer your question, yeah, more of a number eight who can attack. I don't think he's you could play him as a number ten, but then I think you lose a lot of what he's good at sort of in terms of being more of a box to box player who can contribute um, in terms of the sort of the pressing, the defending and sort of playing early passes forward to the, to, to the pacier players. So yeah. yeah. As, a piston, as the French sort of say, as a number eight who can just play to the left of the holding midfielder. Yeah. And, and, I, and again, I suppose it also depends on how Arsenal line up offensively next season. Like we already touched on the talk of, of Alex Lacazette is is apparently on Juventus's radar and whether Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang will operate centrally or wide. I guess that then opens up the link yeah. as opposed to who's going to play there. Um, the only other player I just wanted to get a brief line from you from it is Odson Edouard at Celtic. And not so much as to whether you think he'd be a good fit for Arsenal, because clearly if Alex Lacazette does move on we would need a forward but just more uh, is the is the hype real I I really like him as a player I think I think he's done really well and we've seen with Dembele when he was at Celtic that yeah okay the Scottish League might not be the the top end in terms of quality but I like what what Edouard offers in in a a sort of a mobile 
young striker who can operate either wide or centrally, it, it kind of fit, ticks a lot of boxes for me. Do you think that's a a player that, that Arsenal should try and get now before somebody gets down the road and we regret it in five yeah, maybe, years? Maybe. I don't, honestly, I, I mean, obviously I know, I know him, I've seen him play, I've seen him play with France youth teams, but I don't, I don't watch much Scottish football, I'm afraid. I used to, strangely enough, but I, 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 I haven't seen as much of him as, as I would like. That's my, that's my honest answer, but he's always a player that I've liked. Um, and, and I, I agree with you. I think he's a striker who, who makes things happen and, uh, could I mean? Are you kind of thinking this if if Lacazette leaves or as an extra option? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, th- I, think if, I think if Lacazette stays, I think we've got enough in terms of Eddie and Ketty is clearly liked yeah. by by Arteta. We've got Saka who can play either wa- either wing. Um, if Aubameyang's going to play wide, then that essentially means Lacazette plays centrally. And there's the lad Balogun who I think is either going to get chances or be sold because he's clearly too good to stay in the level he's at with the under-23s, I think it is at the moment. So, yeah, I think there's enough there. But if Laka moves on, suddenly I look at it and I go, mm, we're a little bit short there. I, I wouldn't, as much as I like Eddie Nketiah, I wouldn't want him as my first choice centre-forward no. for six no, months. I'm, I'm the same. I like Eddie Nketiah, but in terms of footballing ability, and that, I don't want to sound patronising, but Lacazette is a far more rounded footballer. I mean, you yeah. know, Eddie Nketiah may be more of a goal poacher may you know maybe some guy maybe a player who'll perhaps be more prolific in the future than than Lacazette um but uh yeah at the moment if we're playing a top team you know I'd much rather have have Lacazette as the center forward than uh than Nketiah I mean Edward I'm I'm I like him but I I would be a little bit wary because it is a big step up you know without wanting to denigrate the Scottish league it is you know joining Joining Arsenal is quite a big step up. Um, Charlie Nicholas did it, but the Scottish League was a bit different back then. But um, um, but why not? But why not? You know, I'd obviously want to have a little bit more of a look at him. But uh, you know, he could be he could be could be an option for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I guess we'll see what happens. And uh, just finally, because um, I'm hosting this podcast, so I'm allowed to break the rules. Um, give me three names that you are going to be keeping close eye on in Liga this season in terms of they can be go for gold they can be new signings or they can be players that you just like the look of because every arsenal uh, fan that listens to our podcast will always comes to me as soon as any player in france does anything literally farts and goes oh what do you think arsenal sign him in two years and i'm like oh, here we go again so uh the league de talent as they say so what what those or have you got sort of three names that you would keep an eye on in terms of uh, interest in the future just thrown that at me without any warning. I, I, <laughs> you know what? There's a there are a lot of really exciting young players at the moment, and it's weird. I've been thinking the last few weeks. I don't know if it's been the lack of football, um, but I've I, I've been more. You know, even before these Champions League exploits, I've been more excited about the, the start of this season than I have been for a long time. Because yeah, there's, same. yeah, there's a lot of, yeah. I, I think a lot a lot to be excited about. You know, whether it's sort of you know the Nice. The Nice project is is going to be interesting. Um, you know, Marseille with Vias Boas, Lille. I think you know the business they do in the market is phenomenal. And uh, I'm actually, I'm just, yeah, I'm thinking, do I want to put Jonathan David in my in my? He's he's one of mine actually. Uh, yeah, he read my mind. I think he'll do very very well at Lille personally. I think, I think it's a really clever move for mm. him to join Lille because I'm sure he could have gone to the Premier League or the Bundesliga, but at, at his age, mm. I think really good place to develop um 
No, I wanted to say Ryan Shirky because I, I think he's absolutely phenomenal. Um, and we saw some touches when he came on against Bayern Munich. Um, so he's only just turned 17. But, you know, people in Lyon are saying, you know, he could be the best of all, you know, better than, you know, of all the, the kids they've produced, the Benzemas, Lacazette, Fekirs. Um, so I think he's going to play probably not, you know, he's not going to start every game, but he's going to play regularly. Um Am I allowed to say Kamavinga again? I mean, just because he's going to yeah. be playing Champions League, and because <laughs> Kamavinga, you know, we 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 see him. He's been hyped up so much, quite you know, completely deservedly in the, in the last year. So he's already seen as this kind of established name. He's only seventeen, um, but yeah, and another seventeen-year-old that is going to be fantastic. To what has he turned eighteen? Seventeen. I think he um, might have just. Uh, I'm going to Google that. He's twenty-five already. I mean, and he plays like he's twenty-nine. <laughs> um, Kamavinga, Jonathan David, I'm, I'm hesitating. Who, who else do I really want to watch? You know who I think is going to do really well? I'm not going to go for Jonathan David. And I might be wrong here, but I think Jasper Dolberg could have mm. a good season. Yeah, good shout. Yeah. Just because I, I think we saw signs in the second half of, of the season before, before the pandemic hit. Um, he's been looking really sharp by all accounts in, in pre-season. And Nice have got a team now, I think, to to be able to attack, you know, with guys like Ronnie Lopez, who, they, who they've bought. I think he might get a bit of service. So I can see him. He might be the sort of Ben Yedder, the guy who's going to push Mbappe or or Neymar for the golden boot this season. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree with all of those names. Um, I think you already mentioned one that I like the look of in Bubakar Kamara. It's another one I want to keep close tabs on this year. I'm not sure where he's going to play. Um, the the Argentine centre back that Marseille have signed as well is it comes with quite a good reputation. Um, whose name yeah. completely escapes me? Leo Ballardi. Yeah. That's the badger. That's the badger. Yeah, he's very, very highly thought of in in, uh, in Argentine football. So, and and the only other one was is it Axel Chusasi, who's Monaco picked up. Yes. I, yes. I do like the look of him from what I've seen previously. So he's kind of one that I'm going to keep tabs on. Um, but we all know Monaco. Sorry, Chris. Monaco are going to be interesting as well because they yes. I mean, they've got they've got to, they they will be getting more players in 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 the next few weeks. No question. They've, I think they had, they had like sixty six players on their books or something. They've managed to whittle it down. The poor, poor Englishman who's come in, Paul Mitchell, who's now the sporting director, is, his job is like, all right, can you get rid of about 30 players, please? Um, <laughs> no pressure. They're, they're managing to get rid of some of the some of the furniture, including Camille Glick, who must have been quite hard to move. They've they moved him on and they're going to be, you know, I think they'll make two or three, two or three biggish signings uh, in the coming yeah. week. Yeah, yeah, and probably some of the nicest kits in Liga in Monaco this year. I'm very, very fond of those. But it's a bizarre club. It's just great to have them. It really is. Yes, we will. Um, we will certainly keep uh, across all the um, all the future sort of ins and outs. Uh, and of course, you and I will, will will of course be keeping close eyes on on French football in the coming weeks. So um, we will uh, hopefully, uh, if if we can make our schedules. Uh, tick over correctly and that we'll we'll hopefully have you on um again throughout the season uh maybe with your your arsenal hat on and uh and we'll touch base with you again and uh just to sort of for any of our our uh twitterati out there that um i say if you're not following matt have a word for yourself but if you're not uh, matt where can people find you and just remind us again the name of your book and where to find it yeah so you can find me on twitter at matt spiro there should be some links on my twitter account for the book it's called sacre bleu from Zidane to Mbappe, a football journey. It's um, being published by Biteback Publishing. So if you if you go to Biteback Publishing's website, you can you can order it 
you can order it there and uh, I would be I'd be very grateful and hopefully hopefully it'll be a good read so uh, thank you very much and also keep an eye out on BT Sport for for our for our uh, league on coverage and the league on show is back we delivered uh, the first one of the season today and I I just had a look I think it's on 6:30 UK time today Thursday so that's coming up um and probably again on Friday and I wanted to say that Chris because we've got a feature on Lorient in it ah. Excellent. With their, their young Austrian striker, Adrian Gerbich. Yes. I'm not sure how to pronounce that without making it sound like garbage. <laughs> uh, and the coach, Pelletier, and, and Jeremy Morel. So, so there you go. Fantastic. I will, of course, be watching that. And uh, nice to cram in a Lorient mm-hmm. reference. I appreciate that. Uh, Jeremy Aliatier, thanks you as well. Um, but yes, we will uh, we'll certainly keep across that. And um, and as always, if you've got any questions for us that you want us to put to Matt, um, then we will do our best to get those answered for you. But um, Matt, thank you very much for, for giving up your time. You're a busy man. I really appreciate it. Problem. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Chris. Good stuff. And uh, that was a Bergkamp Wonderland Saliba special. Thank you very much for listening. We will, of course, be back with regular podcasts, uh, both in the coming weeks and throughout the season, um, which has got to be like three days away or something crazy. It's nuts. It all starts again in France tomorrow. The uh, Charity Shield, Community Shield, as it's called now, I think is back in a fortnight's time. And by then, of course, Arsenal will have at least 27 new signings. So until then, uh, keep it Arsenal and we'll speak to you very soon. As soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid. Splendid business. Get down, dog.